0: WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Good morning. This is
1: James Flippin filling in for Noah Layden on this Friday. It's November 10th. WABC Time Check 501 right now, sponsored by Bulova Watches. Let's get you your Ramsey Mazda three day weather forecast to kick things off mostly cloudy around the tri-state this morning warming up as we go getting up to 54 degrees today with a light breeze and that's for your friday overnight into saturday falling into the low 40s saturday veterans day sunny 53 where we'll top out and heads up on saturday night if you still have any of those house plants outside you may want to bring them in as there could be patchy frost with temperatures getting down near freezing saturday night sunday sunny 46 the high, and more frost is possible headed into Monday. Monday, kicking off the week looking sunny, getting up to 48 degrees. 49 right now in midtown Manhattan, 44 in Parsippany in New Jersey, 40 in Patchogue on Long Island. That's the weather forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. So a couple of weeks ago, I took a trip out west. I took a little vacation, of course, that resulted in Curtis Lewa calling me a slacker around here in uh, the hallways of 77 WABC. I took a trip out west, and I first went to Denver. Then, along with my cousin and his girlfriend and my husband was with us, we drove down to New Mexico to Santa Fe. Now, pretty cool, nothing wrong with Santa Fe. I enjoyed the trip a lot, you know, some good food there, lots of good scenery, beautiful with the mountains and the whole thing. But i got to say, I was a little disappointed with how cold it was in new mexico it was freezing now you're up in the mountains so you kind of have to you know acknowledge that it's not like the i guess desert scene that i sort of maybe was predicting or expecting once upon a time when thinking about new mexico but had a nice time out there but i will say pretty cold in new mexico and when we got back to colorado towards the end of the trip and it was back up into the 50s or 60s i said okay well i guess you got to get out of new mexico to beat the cold So yesterday afternoon and into the evening, especially uh, right now, it's getting dark so early, it feels like it shifts tonight a bit quicker, right? And yesterday we had these pro-Palestinian protests unfolded. And first off, you had something that was kicking off in Bryant Park involving some New York City school kids. We saw a lot of other protests and really thousands jammed the streets of midtown Manhattan.
2: Pro-Palestinian supporters shutting down parts of Manhattan yesterday. Nearly 2,000 protesters taking to the streets to call for an end to the war in the Mideast. Israel allowing daily four-hour pauses in the fighting against Hamas in Gaza.
3: But what does a four-hour ceasefire do? It doesn't save anyone. It saves people for four hours.
2: Meantime... A group of protesters gathering inside the lobby of the New York Times. They've been reading the names of Gazans killed by Israel and have covered the floor of the lobby in newspapers bearing the names of those killed. I'm Bob Brown for 77 WABC News.
1: Yeah, The first thing from yesterday was the student-led protests, which were supposed to begin around 3 p.m. at Bryant Park. And the Department of Education does say that over 700 students Walked out of classrooms to participate in the protest. By the way, school's chancellor David Banks apparently had sent out an email to all employees. And in that email, he warned teachers and, you know, school staff about violating the department's rules when it comes to expressing their political views, even on their own personal time. Because, you know, basically as these student led protests were being reported, the word was some of the teachers were supposedly going to take part in this and join their students and maybe walking out of class or something like that. Cops also responded to the New York Times building where there was a protest on 8th Avenue near Port Authority and to the New York Public Library on 5th Avenue. Thousands of pro-Palestinian protesters had packed the area. That's sound from when over a dozen protesters gathered in the lobby of BlackRock's headquarters, which is over in Hudson Yards. So this continues what's really been an almost daily reality, or at least certainly several times a week. It seems like dueling protests have gone up around the city, dating back to Hamas's terrorist attacks on October 7th. And generally speaking, it's an issue that's split a lot of people here in Blue New York. And for the entire Democratic Party right now, it's kind of a thing. The split between the pro Israel and Anti Israel or pro Palestine sentiment that's out there. And, you know, certainly there's a fair dose of anti Semitism fueling it all as well. And we'll talk about hate crimes here in the city later this morning. Meanwhile, as per the latest from Israel on the ground there, the IDF, you might have heard Bob Brown mentioning in his report, has agreed to four hour daily pauses in the fighting between Israel and Hamas, which the White House says specifically will allow for people to get from northern Gaza to southern gaza and then get out into egypt white house principal deputy press secretary olivia dalton saying yesterday they're
3: going to move forward with daily four hours of pauses um, in the north with three hours of notification in advance be able to access the two humanitarian corridors we also announced this morning and move to places that are safer
1: and there have been videos on social media showing people taking advantage of the human corridors, the safe passageways that have been set up for people there in Gaza. Israel has vowed to maintain those passageways. Press, Press Secretary Dalton continuing yesterday.
3: This should hopefully give some room for civilians, innocent civilians, to move out of places where there's heavy fighting uh, going on.
1: Now, she called the agreement a significant step, and more aid is continuing to flow into Gaza through the Rafah crossing from Egypt. President Biden, however, has told reporters, and he said it yesterday while leaving the White House, there's basically no chance of a full ceasefire in the fighting at this time. But Biden did express optimism in terms of the effort to free hostages held by Hamas. And in terms of where many Democrats in Congress are reportedly coming from, the push for a pause or a ceasefire is in a bid to save hostages. WABC News Time 509, James Flippin filling in for Noam Layden on the seventy seven WABC five A.M. News hour. So back here in New York City, cops are investigating after a subway rider was attacked with a screwdriver. This happened around 940 last night on a southbound one train at the Columbus Circle Subway Station at 59th Street. The victim was stabbed in his head and face and was eventually taken to Mount Sinai West. It's not clear what led up to the incident or if the man may have known his attacker. Up in Washington Heights, a teenager is dead after his moped got into a crash with an SUV yesterday afternoon. Cops say the 15-year-old rider of that moped was killed after colliding with the vehicle along West 185th Street near St. Nicholas Avenue. And this was around 1.30 in the afternoon yesterday. The 15-year-old boy was thrown from the moped and pronounced dead at the hospital. The driver remained on the scene. NASA's oldest living astronaut, Frank Borman, has died. At the age of 95, NASA said in a statement that Borman passed away on Tuesday in Montana. Following a stroke, Borman commanded two early NASA missions, including the first to orbit the moon. He was born in Gary, Indiana. And Frank Borman was a veteran, a retired Air Force colonel. So don't forget, Saturday is Veterans Day, although it's observed on the calendar today, and some people have off. It'll be the 104th annual Veterans Day Parade in Midtown Manhattan tomorrow as veterans from several generations marching bands Military vehicles, ROTC groups, and more will be marching prior to the parade. There will be a moment of silence and wreath laying ceremony at the Eternal Light Flag Staff in Madison Square Park. And U.S. Army Chief of Staff General Randy George will deliver remarks. He's the head of the Wounded Warrior Project, which is a nonprofit organization that helps wounded veterans and their families. WoundedWarriorProject.org to check them out. The MTA and New York City Transit noting that service will be disrupted tomorrow due to the parade, which begins marching up Fifth Avenue around 930 tomorrow morning. It runs north along Fifth Avenue from 26th Street to 47th Street before finishing up around 1230. And in terms of the impact on transit, by the way, buses running along Fifth Ave will be subject to reroutes and delays, and subway service will run on the regular weekend schedule. Both the Long Island Railroad and Metro North Railroad will run on their regular weekend schedules as well. By the way, in terms of transportation alerts, on Sunday, new NJ Transit rail schedules will take effect on all rail lines. That impacts both weekends and weekdays. So should check that app on your smartphone. Maybe check the website for info if you're an NJ Transit rail rider. And here at 77 WABC, we're honoring Veterans Day. Our 77 WABC listeners can support veterans and their families this Veterans Day by donating to the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. All you have to do is go to wabcradio.com slash t2t to donate the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Do all they can to support the veterans of our great country. Show your support for them this Veterans Day and go to wabcradio.com slash t2t and donate.
4: And I'm proud
5: to be an American, where at least I
3: know I'm free.
1: Also, 77 WABC is proud to support the Lee Greenwood Concert Experience this Sunday, November 12th. You can send a veteran and their guest to see Lee Greenwood's all-star concert experience and receive the DVD version for yourself for a $50 contribution. Learn more and support a veteran now at AdoptAVet.com. So yesterday, actor Jared Leto climbed 20 stories at the Empire State Building to promote the fact his band 30 Seconds to Mars is going on world tour last night. The New York City icon, the Empire State Building, was lit up to celebrate Staten Island icon, the Wu-Tang Clan. And Mayor Eric Adams declared yesterday Wu-Tang Clan Day, coming 30 years to the day when their legendary album, Enter the Wu-Tang, 36 Chambers, was released. And by the way, today is U-God's birthday. A member of Wu-Tang Clan, shout to Tony Atwood for pointing that out. November 15th this coming Wednesday is rapper ODB's birthday born in 1968 he was a member of Wu-Tang Clan of course and speaking of ODB
0: Yo, you better give me that money
1: I had to do it because next we're going to talk about mayor Eric Adams who finds himself embroiled in some controversy the FBI investigating potential links between his campaign fundraising efforts and members of the Turkish government in what may have been a straw donor scheme. That's when people make donations on behalf of other people to kind of skirt campaign finance laws and other things like that. A new report from The Gothamist delves into the issue a bit further. It was published yesterday. The Gothamist report says the case is a, quote, federal public corruption probe into potentially illegal foreign donations from Turkish officials involving a Brooklyn-based construction company and a university in Washington, D.C. that both have ties to Turkey. And that's per The New York Times. The Gothamist continues saying that the campaign, Mayor Adams' campaign, is also under scrutiny from Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg for alleged illegal straw donations. But this last week, November 2nd, raid at the Brooklyn home of Breonna Suggs, per The Gothamist, is the first known example of investigators executing a warrant on a member of the mayor's inner circle. All right, so we'll get back to Mayor Adams in a second here. Right now, given it's WABC News time, 5.15, and I see that... Justin Alec is standing by the microphone. We're going to get our first sports report of the morning. Justin, what's going on? What's going on, James? I'm actually sitting down. Thank you. Guys. Oh, well, he's... Okay, you're sitting, not standing.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's too early to stand up. <laughs> <I'll do
1: this. laughs> Got to get the blood flowing somehow. Exactly,
3: exactly. Start on the ice here, James, Rangers, they continue to roll, already grabbing their 10th win of the season in the form of a 4-1 victory over the Minnesota Wild at the Garden last night. Uh, Alexi Lafreniere scored the tie-breaking goal early in the third period and added two assists, while Vincent Trocek also had a goal and two assists and wrapped to the win. The Rangers won for the eighth time in nine games. Their only loss in that stretch was a shootout defeat at Minnesota last Saturday. Safe to say they are scorching hot. Speaking of juggernauts, the Owls... Raining into one in the form of a uh, of the eleven one and one Boston Bruins losing five to two in Boston last night. Holmstrom and Nelson had the two tallies for New York for the streaking bees for too much to handle for the Isles, who dropped to 5-4-3 and three on the year so far. And now on the hardwood, no local action to get to from last night, but the Nets will uh, continue their group play stage at the NBA in-season tournament. They'll be in Boston to tip it off with the Celtics at 7.30 p.m. tonight. And finally, to the NFL, where Week 10 got underway with the Carolina Panthers, uh, paying the Chicago Bears a visit last night on Thursday Night Football. The Bears protected their home field with a 16-13 win to move to 3-7 and seven on the year, while the Panthers fall to 1-8 with the loss tied for the worst record in the league with the Arizona Cardinals. Locally, this weekend, the two and seven Giants are currently seventeen and a half point underdogs as they get ready to meet the division rival in five and three a Cowboys in Dallas at 4:25 p.m. on Sunday. As for the four and four Jets, they're currently one point favorites heading into their Sunday night road bout against the four and five Vegas Raiders. Kickoff there is scheduled for 8.20 p.m. on Sunday. Some college games to look forward to as well. Noon tomorrow, number three, Michigan with all their controversies surrounding them. They're in Penn State. Penn State's 10 in the country. Michigan there, four and a half point favorites. 3.30 tomorrow, you get the Rutgers Rutgers is at number 22, Iowa. Rutgers there, one and a half point. Underdogs, 7 p.m. tomorrow night. You've got nine Old Miss at two Georgia. Georgia there, ten and a half point favorites. And wrapping the action out uh, Saturday night, 7.30. It'll be Michigan State at number one, Ohio State. Ohio State, of course, there 31 and a half point favorites. I guess that's the kind of spread you get when you're the best in the country. That's Sports Know, and I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. And it would be sports for Noam if, in fact, he was sitting I am. There, but. I, I mean, is there something?
1: There's got to be something wrong. With <laughs> it's Friday. You made it to the end of the week. It's okay. Um, by the way, in terms of Rutgers, Iowa, it's a historic low in terms of the over-under. Twenty-eight, Really? For Rutgers, Iowa. What do you think of that one?
3: Uh, I guess if it's at a historic low, then it's going to go low, no?
1: Uh, hey, you know what? I don't know. In college football, <laughs> I don't think I'd ever want to really bet the low. Exactly. Period, but... Exactly.
3: Always bet the over.
1: All right. James Flippin filling in for Noam Layden on the 77 ABC 5 a.m. news hour. So following last week's FBI raid at the Brooklyn home of his campaign's top fundraising official, it was on Wednesday when... Mayor Eric Adams, who says he's willing to comply with any investigation, disclosed he'd hired the private law firm Wilmer Hale to represent him. Adams says the firm is already in contact with federal authorities, as it was last week when he cut short a trip to D.C. in order to come back when Brianna Suggs' home was raided. Now Mayor Adams is calling out to Washington D.C. for change, but it's not in connection to the migrant crisis which has sort of fallen out of the headlines here, it seems. Rather, Adams is calling on Republican Speaker of the House Mike Johnson to ban assault weapons, specifically in the wake of the mass shooting in Lewiston, Maine, and Mayor Adams leading a coalition of mayors calling for this ban.
0: This takes place in our towns, our houses, our worship, our movie theaters, and music festivals, and far too often, in our schools
1: 62 mayors signed a letter sent to house speaker johnson an assault rifle was used in the lewiston mass shooting and the mayors argue there's more support for an assault weapons ban now than in comparison with recent years when it basically failed to gain any traction in congress mayor adams of course concerned that a mass shooting with an assault weapon could happen in new york city
0: uh, we're seeing an increase in hate crimes uh, after the october 7th attack around anti- semitism There's always a concern about
1: lone wolves. You hear that term, lone wolves, which is sort of, I think, an attempt to separate people who get, like, radicalized online from, I guess, members of Hamas or ISIS or other actual organized terror groups. It's not really for me to say here, but I'll say it anyway because you hear about it from various circles, that with a porous southern border, one of the things fueling the migrant crisis, which is what Adams was supposed to go down to D.C. and talk about before he came back after the raid, With that porous southern border, you get the risk of terrorists coming in to the U.S. unchecked. And you may have noticed that Mayor Adams in that one cut talking about mass shootings and lone wolves talked about the concern over hate crimes. Well, the NYPD says it's looking for a group of boys that have been climbing onto Manhattan rooftops and spray painting anti-Semitic pro-Palestinian graffiti. And cops say they have photos of these four boys and they want help from the public in terms of identifying them. Police say the boys targeted buildings on the Upper East Side early last night and spray-painted swastikas and the word Hamas on four buildings. Hate crimes in the city are up by more than double this year as the war in the Middle East rages on. Anti-Semitic hate crimes against Jewish people are up 214% in the city this year. And, you know, this report its talking about a group of boys, right, who are spray-painting this graffiti. When they say boys, obviously you think it's like teens or... Something like that. I just wonder, how much do they really know about all this? I mean, it's hard enough for somebody in the news or somebody who, you know, studies history to have any kind of grasp or really sense of everything that's happening over there with the Palestinian-Israeli conflict. But for boys to be going up on buildings and spray-painting Hamas, makes you think they really just don't know. It's like, oh, that's the cool thing to do, right? You're being sort of like anti-establishment, I guess, by doing that. Well, yesterday, a New York City jury awarded $1.2 million to Robert De Niro's former assistant in a gender discrimination lawsuit.
3: Originally, when she filed lawsuit in 2019, she was seeking $12 million. De Niro filed counterclaims seeking $6 million. They totally rejected his claims. But uh, the jury award of $1.2 million was claimed to be a victory by her lawyers, And his lawyer also claimed victory, saying Robert De Niro was not found liable for anything.
1: That's Larry Neumeister reporting for the Associated Press. But De Niro's company was held liable. Graham Chase Robinson is the former assistant, and she claims she was treated like De Niro's office wife and asked to do things like scratch his back. It was in 2019 when she first sued for emotional distress and reputational harm, claiming De Niro routinely made vulgar, inappropriate, and gendered comments and assigned her stereotypically female tasks. The MTA is looking for a better way to travel through Brooklyn
2: and Queens. The MTA is getting the public's input on a proposed light rail train, which would take commuters directly from Brooklyn to Queens. The transit agency holding its first of three public meetings Wednesday night to discuss plans for the Interborough Express. The proposal involves putting a light rail system on existing old freight, which would extend from Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, to Jackson Heights, Queens. It also connects 17 subway lines and the Long Island Railroad. Two more public meetings are set for this month. I'm Bob Brown for 77
1: i got to say, I really find this kind of thing puzzling. You know, you're you're building some new light rail line or thinking about doing that. But when you think about the sorry state of the existing transportation options, buses, subways, you know, commuter rail, which the MTA is involved in, I don't understand why you're thinking about putting a new system in place. I mean, you know, I can understand being ambitious and thinking about maybe something that could happen years and years from now. But for now... I would think the money should go towards the existing infrastructure. Nashville police say additional charges may be filed against the suspect that's been arrested for this week's death of the New Jersey teenager who was shot near her Nashville college campus. 18-year-old Jillian Ludwig, a Wall Township freshman at Nashville's Belmont College, was struck by a stray bullet Tuesday afternoon. This was while walking on a track near her school inside a park. And apparently, according to police, that shot came from a housing project across the street. 29-year-old Shaquille Taylor arrested. Ludwig rushed to Vanderbilt Medical Center. She did die there. The suspect, currently charged with assault and evidence tampering, last night a prayer vigil was held for Ludwig at the Braille Church in Brielle, where she was a member of the choir. And Ludwig played bass. She was also a music major there at Belmont College. The FBI is offering a $10,000 reward for information leading to the arrest of a New Jersey man who's wanted in connection to the events of January 6th, 2021 at the U.S. Capitol.
4: The FBI and heavily armed Middlesex County police officers, including SWAT team members, still searching the woods in Helmeta for Gregory Yetman. The town's mayor trying to reassure neighbors that they're not in any danger. They are determined to attain this gentleman today,
3: and I just want to reassure the community that we have your safety paramount
4: police can be seen walking the woods saying they're not going anywhere until they find Yetman. it's unclear though why he's about to be arrested except that he's listed as an afo which is fbi lingo for assault on a federal officer norm laden w abc news
1: uh, Yetman reportedly faces several charges including assault of certain officers and engaging in physical violence in a restricted building and that search entering its third day WABC News Time 529, James Flippin filling in for Noam Layden on the 77 WABC 5 a.m. News Hour. So when we come back, we've got a medical breakthrough here in New York City. We've also got something researchers say they've discovered billions of light years away from Earth. And Governor Kathy Hochul has named a familiar name as New York's honorary ambassador to loneliness. So we'll talk about that when we come back. WABC News Time, five thirty. James Flippin filling in for Noam Laden on the seventy-seven WABC five AM News Hour.
0: Talk Radio, seventy-seven WABC. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC.
1: James Flippin filling in for Nolan Layden this morning. It's Friday, November 10th. Your Ramsey Mazda three-day weather forecast looks like this. Warming up as we go today, getting up to 54 degrees with a light breeze. That's for your Friday. Overnight into Saturday, down into the 40s. Saturday, Veterans Day, sunny, topping out at 53. And heads up on Saturday night, there is patchy frost expected in spots around the tri-state. So bring those plants in if you haven't already. Sunday, sunny, 46 where we top out. Right now, 49 degrees in midtown Manhattan, 44 in Parsippany, New Jersey, 40 in Patchogue on Long Island. And that's the weather forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Doctors here in New York City say they've made a medical breakthrough as surgeons have performed the world's first transplant of an entire human eye. Although it's far too soon to know if the man will ever see through his new left eye, Aaron James's face and one eye were severely damaged by an accident that involved high-voltage power lines. His right eye still works, and he can still see out of it. The surgeons at NYU Langone Health hoped that replacing the missing eye would yield better cosmetic results, For his new face, as he's had, you know, a lot of constructive surgery here. And he had the surgery with the eye implanted in May. Doctors say it's remarkably healthy.
4: Black hole, son, won't you come?
1: And researchers say they've discovered a black hole billions of light years from Earth. The findings published this week in the journal Nature Astronomy say the black hole formed 470 million years ago, which makes it the oldest black hole ever discovered, researchers say it was born supermassive and is ten times bigger than the black hole in our own Milky Way. The black hole was likely created by the collapse of massive clouds of gas. New York Governor Kathy Hochul has named legendary sex therapist Dr. Ruth Westheimer as New York State's honorary ambassador to loneliness.
3: Every time you make love, before that... Close your bedroom door. Don't let the children watch. And then I have something else to tell you.
1: And accepting the honorary title, Dr. Ruth, who was educated here in New York, by the way, uh, she was born to parents who died during the Holocaust in Germany. She really has a remarkable story. I didn't know this at all, by the way. I was looking at her Wikipedia page this morning. After the end of World War II, Dr. Ruth immigrated to British-controlled, mandatory Palestine. Of course, she wasn't a doctor then. She was just four feet, seven inches tall when she was 17, but she was trained as a sniper and then on her 20th birthday, she was seriously wounded in action by an exploding shell during a mortar fire attack on Jerusalem. That was during the 1947-1949 Palestine War, kind of showing you how things never really change. Uh, Dr. Ruth almost lost both of her feet in that attack. She then studied psychology in Paris, immigrated to the U.S. in the mid-50s, worked as a maid to put herself to graduate school, and earned her doctorate at 42 years of age from Teachers College, Columbia University, in 1970. So, again, she's the loneliness ambassador for New York now, and Dr. Ruth has pledged to help residents of all ages throughout the state as they deal with social isolation and the health issues that research says that causes, including cognitive decline, depression, heart problems, Alzheimer's disease, and even premature death. So that's social isolation, a serious thing. And, of course, uh, we all kind of learned that, sadly, throughout the COVID situation. Former New
5: Jersey Governor Chris Christie preparing to visit Israel this weekend. Christie will land in Israel on Sunday, making him the first Republican presidential nominee to visit the region since the Hamas attacks on October 7th. He'll meet with Israeli officials and individuals wounded in the conflict. During the third GOP primary debate on Wednesday, Christie said Israel needs to ensure that Hamas can never do this again. I'm Brian Shook. And a familiar name is once again throwing his hat in the political
1: ring. That would be former New Jersey Governor Jim McGreevy.
4: The 66-year-old McGreevy telling voters in a social media post that he wants to be Jersey City's next mayor. I'm
3: imperfect, and I'll always be imperfect. It's important to take accountability. It has
4: been two decades since McGreevy resigned as governor, right before a secret extramarital affair was about to go public that included a no-show job for his lover. So what do Jersey City voters think about his candidacy? After his scandal, I don't think that's a good idea. I'm going to see what he says. He's going to be tough on crime. i W.A.B.C.
1: News. So, McGreevy, no stranger to political controversy. We'll see how much that narrative is involved this time around, either his sexuality is discussed or the connection to that Israeli boyfriend once upon a time. And, by the way, the Republican chairman of the House Oversight Committee is issuing subpoenas for members of the Biden family. W.A.B.C. News Time, 539. James Flippin filling in for Noam Layden on this here, the seventy seven W ABC five AM news hour. James Comer, the lawmaker from Kentucky, has issued subpoenas for members of the Biden family. Kentucky Congressman James Comer announced President Biden's son Hunter Biden and brother James Biden have been subpoenaed to appear for depositions. The move marks an escalation in House Republicans' impeachment inquiry into President Biden. A subpoena was also issued for former Hunter Biden business associate Rob Walker, the subpoena's center on the Biden family's business dealings. I'm Mark Mayfield. Meanwhile, President Biden has applauded the apparent end of the SAG-AFTRA actors' strike, as has New York City Mayor Eric Adams and New York Governor Kathy Hochul. Of course, New York City and Hollywood Out in California, some of the most impacted regions in terms of employees who were out of work during this actor strike. SAG-AFTRA president Fran Drescher says one area that had to be addressed was streaming services.
0: There needed to be a new stream of revenue that was going to have to help those performers get a level of compensation that they were not getting.
1: And one of the sticking points throughout negotiations was also artificial intelligence and the use of actors' likenesses, uh, potentially even after they had passed away. Uh, Of course, members of SAG-AFTRA concerned about both actors and writers being replaced by artificial intelligence. SAG-AFTRA, the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, tentatively have agreed to this new deal. The strike ended yesterday, but the new contract, reportedly for three years, is not yet official. The SAG-AFTRA board and then members must vote to ratify. Well, you can file this under stories our own Curtis Sliwa will enjoy. A new study suggests cats are not really all that aloof. They're actually quite expressive. Researchers at UCLA began studying felines in 2021 to learn more about how they communicate and found that cats displayed at least 276 different facial expressions, about 46% of those were friendly, 37% were aggressive, and 17% were ambiguous. The study's co-author says she's considering creating an app that would allow people to record their cats' facial expressions to determine what feelings they're expressing. A Michael Kastner. And Mayor Eric Adams could probably use some cats at his Brooklyn townhouse, although the latest rodent infestation violation... At his Brooklyn townhouse was thrown out after Adams submitted footage, footage, video footage from the day of the reported rat inspection where no one appears to even examine his property. City documents show as Mayor Adams had been slapped with a $300 fine back on September 15th after the Department of Health said that there were signs of rats and their burrows discovered in front of Adams bedsty rental property. So yesterday's crowds in Manhattan weren't only because of pro-Palestinian protests. A large crowd also formed in Times Square in front of the Pele store as K-pop sensation BTS. while its youngest member, Jungkook, held a special event in New York City. Last night, a stage had been set up in front of a big billboard showing Jungkook there in Times Square. And he performed songs from his album, Golden. Which debuted a week ago today. So we spoke about yesterday's announced four hour pauses that will be enacted in the war between Hamas and Israel, part of an effort to get civilians out of Gaza and let them flow from the northern part of the Gaza Strip to the southern part and then get on into Egypt. Those pro Palestinian protests here in New York City yesterday. Pentagon officials say American troops have been hit four times
5: since the U.S. conducted an airstrike in Syria. On Wednesday, F-15s conducted an airstrike on a weapons facility in Syria used by Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps and affiliated groups. The following day, the Pentagon reported at least four new attacks by Iranian-backed groups on U.S. bases in the Middle East. Officials say the U.S. is conducting proportionate responses while trying not to escalate the conflict. I'm Brian Shook. Checking in on Wall Street this morning, U.S. stocks finished lower yesterday. The market was reacting in a
1: broad sense to higher bond yields. And, you know, that puts pressure on stocks because bonds are less risky by comparison. Also, Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell said more work may be needed to bring down inflation. And traders don't like to hear that. Today's economic data, yesterday's, I should say, showed that U.S. jobless claims had edged down. And they remain at historically low levels, although continued unemployment claims are on the rise. Mortgage rates are down in their biggest
5: weekly drop since last year. The 30-year fixed-rate mortgage went down to 7.5% this week, down from a quarter of a percentage point from the week before. That's according to data from Freddie Mac. It's the second straight week rates have gone down after rising for seven weeks in a row. I'm Lisa Taylor.
1: Staying with financial news, the world's largest bank has been hit by a cyber attack, forcing it to make trades using a USB flash drive. The New York office of the Industrial and Commercial Bank of China was hit with a ransomware attack yesterday, making it unable to clear U.S. Treasury trades. The bank had to use messengers carrying USB drives to complete its trades, and other banks and brokerages were also forced to reroute trades. One cybersecurity expert called it a true shock to large banks around the world. Well, Giants defensive coordinator finds himself speaking out following recent comments from Giants safety, Xavier McKinney. We'll get to that in just a second, but right now, WABC News Time, 545. We'll leave it to Justin Ellick for the latest in sports.
3: Thank you, uh, James uh, Flippin, or should I say, James Layden. Whoa. Now or, we're now we're really getting or crazy. Gnome out, right. flippin'. Or gnome flipping. Or gnome flipping. Either right. way. All right, we'll we'll think about there it. There we go touch base a little bit later. Starting on the ice, the Rangers continue to roll, already grabbing their 10th win of the season in the form of a 4-1 to victory over the Minnesota Wild at the Garden last night. Lafreniere scored the tie-breaking goal early in the third period and added two assists, while Vincent Trocek also had a goal and two assists and rat to the win. The Rangers won for the eighth time in nine games. Their only loss in that stretch was a shootout defeat at Minnesota last Saturday. Safe to say, these boys are rolling. Speaking of juggernauts, the Owls ran into one in the form of the 11-1-1 Boston Bull- Bruins, losing 5-2 to two in Boston last night. Holmstrom and Nelson had the two tallies for New York, but the streaking bees they were too much to handle for the Owls, who dropped to 5-4-3 and three on the year so far. Now on the hardwood, no local action to get to from last night, but the Nets, they'll continue their group play stage of the NBA in-season tournament, whatever that means. They'll be in Boston to tip it off with the Celtics at 7.30 p.m. tonight. And finally, to the NFL, where Week 10 got underway with the Carolina Panthers paying the Chicago Bears a visit last night on Thursday night. Football, the Bears protected their home Field with a sixteen to thirteen riveting win to move to three and seven on the year, while the Panthers fall to one and eight with the loss, tied for worst record in the league with the Arizona Cardinals. Locally this weekend, the two and seven Giants are currently seventeen and a half point underdogs as they get ready to meet the division rival in five and three Cowboys in Dallas at four twenty five p.m. on Sunday. As for the four and four Jets, they're currently one point favorites heading into their Sunday night uh, Sunday night road bout against the four and five Vegas Raiders. Kickoff there is scheduled for eight uh, twenty p.m. on Sunday few college games to look forward to as well, starting at noon tomorrow. Number three, Michigan is in action at number 10, Penn State, Michigan there. Uh, Four-and-a-half-point favorites. 3.30 tomorrow, you're going to get some Rutgers football. They're one-and-a-half-point underdogs at number 22, Iowa. Uh, 7 p.m. tomorrow night. You've got uh, number nine, Ole Miss, at uh, number two, Georgia. The Bulldogs there, ten and a half point favorites, and we're wrapping things out tomorrow night at seven thirty. It'll be Michigan State at number one. Ohio State, the Buckeyes, thirty-one and a half a point of favorites. That's sports. James, and I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. WABC News Time, five fifty
1: a.m. James Flippin, filling in for Noam Layden. Well, you could say this is part of what happens when teams are 2-7 and and looking at a lost season as Giants defensive coordinator Wink Martindale says he feels hurt and surprised by one of his players' recent comments. It was after last week's blowout loss to the Raiders when Giants safety Xavier McKinney said the team's leaders are not really being heard. Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator known for being a player-friendly coach, said the complaint was the first one of that type he'd ever heard in his 36-year career. He said it hurt because he's always been open and honest with players and figured things would be handled in the room. Martindale also said they've moved on from the comment. New York, last in the NFC East, 2-7, and seven, visiting the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday afternoon. And as you heard from Justin Ellick, they're 17-and-a-half-point underdogs. And also from earlier this hour, we mentioned this. Las Vegas odds makers have installed the over-under in the weekend's Rutgers-Iowa matchup. Rutgers Iowa matchup at twenty eight. That's the lowest over under posted for a college game in over twenty years.
0: Where's that game? Is I that think, in Des Moines or here in Jersey?
1: Um, I think that's actually a home game for for Rutgers. But well, let me say right? about
0: that. I mean, Iowa can't score. They both play good defense. And I got to tell you, if the weather is going to be bad in Des Moines, believe it or not, no, a, it under twenty eight. A good bet. It is in Des Moines as a matter of fact. There you go. I don't I'm know not sure what the it's weather in Des Moines, is. but it's somewhere there in Iowa near, near Des Moines. Yeah, so it's in uh, it's in Iowa. They actually play their games. The field is uh, overlooks the hospital. Yes, that's right. And you've seen the stories. Uh, Kirk Ferentz, the great coach of the Iowa Hawkeye football team, uh, the, the the very top floor of that hospital are kids who have terminal cancer, and they have one kid every Saturday as the guest watching the game from the window, and a couple points throughout the game, the whole crowd and I think they've seen about 80,000, turns around and applauds the child yeah, I love that. in the hospital. Mm-hmm. That is a great program. It is. Iowa City, by the way. Typically. Iowa City, that's right. it good, Kinnick Jimmy Flippin'. Well, that's the power of Google. Yeah, I know. But just <laughs> act like you're smart,
1: bro. <laughs> Theater, of the you Theater of the mind. Theater of the mind. I'm right.
0: looking up the 12 U.S. major wars now because today's a big Veterans Day. And uh, when I thought about it on my own, I got about six. But I'm going to sound like a genius when this show starts at six o'clock. You're talking thanks about to Google. U.S. major wars? Yeah, 12.
1: 12, Wow!
0: Like you wouldn't even remember the, uh, the you know the Indian War the Mexican-American War the Spanish-American War the American Revolution War of 1812. We think so, we, we think it all starts at World War One. Not even close.
1: And it's impressive to see you just rattling that off the top of your head like that. Right,
0: written down from Google
3: moments oh, ago. Well, of course.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Sid. And Sid, of course, Sid and Friends coming up and. Just a few minutes here on 77 WABC. Amazon is opening up the online grocery experience to more people. The online retail giant announcing yesterday customers no longer need an Amazon Prime membership to order groceries from Amazon Fresh for delivery or free pickup. Meredith Bunch is director of worldwide grocery stores at Amazon.
2: And with this expansion, customers in over 3,500 cities in the U.S. will now be able to access grocery delivery from Amazon Fresh or Whole Foods Market.
1: And that's an impact for millions of people around the U.S. Less than 7 million people watched
5: the third Republican presidential primary debate on Wednesday. NBC News' broadcast of the debate garnered roughly 6.8 million viewers. Wednesday's audience was down from the 9 million people who watched the debate last month and the 12.8 million that watched the first debate on Fox News. The fourth Republican primary debate will be held on December 6th in Alabama. I'm Brian Shook. The Rockefeller Center Christmas tree is being prepared for millions to see. The 80-foot-tall,
1: a 12-ton Norway spruce was cut down yesterday morning on Jackie McGinley's family property right outside of Binghamton. For
4: us to be able to bring joy to millions of people, what a gift. And we're really excited to be able to do it.
1: I was talking about this with Noam yesterday. You know, you figure it's kind of cool for the organization to come and ask for a tree from your property to be asked to be the Rockefeller Center tree but if you've got this massive tree on your property it's kind of special to you i would think right and maybe you don't want it cut down but then no one was saying "Ah, you get invited you get to sit up front you know it's a whole thing and get put on tv so i guess i get it the family says the tree has attracted a number of people who've come for pictures over the last few weeks. After word got out, that big Norway spruce had been chosen for Rock Center.
3: There were people about five deep just watching this. We have had people visiting and taking pictures of themselves with the tree for weeks now. Our children have taken most of their first day of school pictures around the tree. Uh, our dog got sprayed by a skunk that was living under the tree.
1: And then, of course, after the holiday celebration and festivities, the tree is usually cut up and, I think, used by Habitat for Humanity. Crews will hoist the tree up tomorrow and get ready for the official tree lighting ceremony November 29th. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg made a surprise visit to Ukraine to meet with government leaders and discuss that country's economic recovery. That's per the DOT on Wednesday of this week. Buttigieg says the trip aimed to discuss efforts aimed at returning Ukraine to economic self-sufficiency, including supporting investments and transportation infrastructure that will return to private sector-led growth. And Ukraine, sort of a forgotten foreign conflict, I guess, amid the extended, you know, Israel-Hamas war, although it was a talking point during that third GOP debate this week. Hungary is voicing significant concerns about Ukraine's bid for European Union membership Out of Budapest, Pablo Pablo Gutierrez, saying that Hungary particularly emphasizes worries related to the protections of the rights of national minorities. Foreign Minister Peter Sijarto says now it's not the right time for accession talks, stressing the importance of Ukraine restoring peace first to avoid potential conflicts from rushed enlargement. Ukraine has expressed willingness to change its minority rights laws in order to meet EU conditions. Meanwhile, EU officials remain optimistic about formal accession talks starting next year. Contingent on Ukraine moving closer to alignment with the bloc's standards. Pablo Gutierrez, Budapest. School kids are off in New Jersey today for the teachers' convention, and they were yesterday as well. New Jersey is expanding access to full-day preschool by awarding federal grant money to 23 school districts across the state. And Governor Phil Murphy was speaking to a room full of educators at a convention in Atlantic City yesterday saying nearly $52 million will support 30 projects. The crowd erupted in applause several times, especially when the governor announced the state's efforts to address lingering staffing shortages by waiving more than $4 million in certification fees. Murphy vowed to continue listening to educators and their insights saying that they know best what schools and students need. And in terms of that staffing shortage in New Jersey, that's a reality in New York as well. And really, according to education experts, it's a reality for the entire U.S. WABC Time Check 559, sponsored by Bulova Watches, discovered finely crafted timepieces available at Macy's. And we turn to executive producer Justin Ellick to find out what's coming up on Sit in
3: Friends in the morning today. Justin. Thank, thank you, uh, James uh, Flippin. It is Friday. We're very, very happy and ecstatic about that. Bottom of each hour, you don't want to miss the mini-cast. Clip of the day, it'll be the Rita Cosby show. In terms of programming today is, uh, we're going to be celebrating, I should say, Veterans Day. Uh, obviously Veterans Day is tomorrow, but, uh, we don't work on Saturdays, Flippin. So we're here on a Friday morning and we're going to be recognizing, uh, the day's, uh, recognition today in the way of guests, uh, kicking things off at 6.45. It's a jam-packed day all day long. Tom Sullivan will okay, things off before Curtis Lee with at uh, seven ten here live in studio with Sid Yishai Fleischer, uh, courtesy of our buddy Alex Treiman. He's our on the boots reporter uh, from Israel. He hooked us up with this guy, Yeshai Fleischer. He's a former IDF Special Forces guy. 8:10. We'll do Frank Siller along with John Katzimatidis on this Veterans Day before Colonel Jack Jacobs at 8:45. Thomas Kniff, who's a veteran, he's going to come on at 9:10 this morning before Lee Greenwood wraps things out. No, uh, no I almost did it again. James, at 9:30. Old habits die hard, Justin. That's okay. And like we said, you made it to Friday, <laughs> so, you know. Yeah. Cut you some slack. Well, you know, during, in one, during one of the sports reports or something today, you'll throw, like, a, a little shade my way, or a little, yeah, a little subtle insult. I'll call you Ken Connolly or right. something and then we Right, and then we'll be even. There you go. And,
1: and we <laughs> honor all veterans here today and every day at 77 WABC. 49 degrees cloudy, getting up to 52, looking dry for the weekend. James Flippin filling in for Noam Layden on the 77 WABC 5 a.m. hour.